Hey there, everybody, and welcome into the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, episode four, alongside Hunter Pulaski. I am Peter Garber, excited to recap the Masters as Hideki Matsuyama prevails over Will Zalatoris. We'll preview the RBC Heritage, talk a little spring golf. Hunter on his way to Arcadia Bluffs, brought to you by Reed Furniture in Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. Let's go. All right, cool. Episode four, we're still alive. We are still alive. I mean, do you think we're going to make it to this point? You look back, you look back in the good old days, you think we're going to make it to episode four? You know, I don't know that I look that far ahead. <laughs> I, I just enjoy each one as they come, Hunter. I said that kind of tongue in cheek, but I thought about it. When you brought this idea to me, I, I, uh, I guess I, I had to think it was going to make it past episode four, but... Well, I will say that now that we're at four, I can't see us stopping anywhere short of 400. Wow. Pretty much all the way in now. So, unfortunately, yes, we are. Well, not unfortunately. Fortunately, we are all the way in. Yes. All right. So, I know everybody probably wants to talk about the Masters. But I have to say that I, I played golf over the weekend. Did you? Awesome. So, oh. my first spring round in the Midwest. This was at Lincolnshire Country Club, a buddy's club, early on Sunday morning. This is the Masters coverage. doesn't think real stuff doesn't come on. At least they moved it up an hour on Sunday, but it starts so late. You have plenty of time to play golf in the morning. It's a blessing and a curse, I guess. I didn't have to watch Adam Scott again. <laughs> I'm so bad. I had no, I had absolutely zero beginner's luck. I made a quad. I made two triples. I hit it out of bounds twice. I centered up a tree that I think the entire, everyone on the entire property heard when my ball hit the tree, came right back at me. And this tree was like 80 yards away. And I mean, I hit it just dead nuts. It bounced straight, pretty much straight back at me. So that was fun, but I did help my handicap. So I'm glad to have it out of the way. That was the first. I can hit my new driver to the moon, but it goes about 40 yards left every time. So hence the OB hitting it in the trees, etc. I was finding myself on the either off the property or in the adjacent fairway a little too often. And maybe channeling my inner Bryson. A little bit too much because I was really trying hard to swing up on it and hit it as far as I could because I had a new driver. Well, that's pretty impressive. I uh, the the rope hook is. I mean, that shows you're you're close if you're getting it if you're hitting it high and left. At least it's not like a. At least your uh, your swing path is in the right place potentially. Mm. It was, yeah, is it start? Is it starting right at target at least? No, 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 no. I'm really, sh- I'm really shallow and stuck. So I'm either kind of like sweeping it kind of from underneath and hitting it left that way, or I get stuck and just like speak it, you know, like soft and way, way right. Well, did you, uh, I guess, I guess, uh, if there's a positive, it is only up from here. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's over. It's over. And my, and the other positive is I help my handicap. So, was the course in pretty good shape? It was so wet. It, it is, rained. 
my feet were wet by about the fourth hole. Unbelievable. It was no, no roll. Another reason why I was swinging so hard. Of course, it isn't even long though, but for being, I will say it was in great shape for having taken on so much rain. It just wasn't like the best day to go, you know, play golf, maybe a couple hours, you know, like that afternoon, it had probably dried out a little bit, but yeah, it was a little soggy. I had a couple casual water lies that I had to move and stuff like that, but that's just part of playing spring golf up here. You know, isn't that, isn't that kind of Chicago golf though? So like my uncle lives in, uh, just out West of Chicago and his course, his back nine seems to flood every single spring. So is that kind of, is that pretty common where it just rains a ton and, and drainage isn't great, but I mean, it's still spring oh. golf, I guess. I don't know. I really don't know. I can't say that's a really interesting question. I mean, I know this place struggles with it a little bit. It's in a bit of a valley. It's in low ground. So there are some areas in the golf course where water is naturally going to sort of settle. So I don't know. There's not a whole lot of topography in Chicago. You know, not a lot of varying terrain. I mean, it's flat. So low areas, half the golf course at times. Yeah. But it was really fun to get out there. Yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you were waiting for that. How long? Yes, I mean, I did, that was your first time touching a club since Christmas. Uh, Christmas? Oh yeah, you went down to Florida. I did get to play a little Florida golf at Christmas, which is, I can't break eighty in the state of Florida. So not many people can. If you if you're hitting your driver twenty yards left in Florida, you're not going to be in the other fairway. I just put my driver away in Florida because <laughs> I'm either in the mangroves or near an alligator or in some water. Normally, a driver is a strength of my game, but I just kind of like stepped outside the bounds of my own capability, thought I was good. When in reality, I was playing my first round of the year. I'm not very good. My swing is in pretty rough shape, and I needed to be a little more self-aware in order to get around there and get a score. But I will say all my strokes over par were distributed over like five holes, I think six holes. So you play, I mean, you, you, you strung I, something together for, I part every bit. other hole. It was usually out of my, well, don't you just sound like the, the most stereotypical golfer you, you set when you started talking, you set this up, like you've played absolutely like terribly bad and it's and it sounds like you you had six bad holes out of and and thankfully for you and for every other golfer out there there are 18 holes in a round of golf so you you buried the lead and that couldn't be more of a golfer if you sound i wish i could look at it that way but all i care about is the score i put down in the card at the end of the day it's like i'm never like oh i had 12 okay holes (laughs) you'll never ever hear me say that. i'd like not to have that thought process either but when it's your 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 first round in several months i'd like to try to find maybe the, the Maybe a few more positives that I'd find. In the I had July. very few positives. I didn't. We played Sunday morning up at Bayview, and it was it was raining the whole time. And I I think to myself, why are we just golf? It just some, sometimes are just maybe maybe a little stubborn as golfers that uh, it is April, whatever it is, tenth, eleventh, and we are playing golf in the rain. So like, just go home. Come back. Do you have real Do you have real greens there yet? No, so I, we only. I, I haven't rolled a putt. See that that's an absolute warrior right there. You're playing to temp greens on a Sunday morning in mm. April. Master in Sunday. Husky, 
in the rain. Well, that dang weather forecast that I'm supposed to stop even, reading after 20 minutes. It didn't stop. You can't, you can't even putt. No, and we don't putt. I, I, I feel like that. I, I feel like I'd really screw myself over if I started putting on, on like it's two, two on the stimp. Yeah, one on the stimp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like putting on your carpet at home. Yeah, exactly. Only worse. Shag carpet. Yeah. All right, so Hideki, what a boring week kind of what a great week for decky winners of the week decky losers of the week the fans you were a decky backer of course and you just cruised to cashing your ticket i was not among the <laughs> no, decky backers. No. frankly i don't know how many of them there were given his sort of middling form if you will coming into the event so um but I was obviously happy for him. That weather delay on Saturday, that little bit of rain softened the course, and he just went out after the delay and just played like Decky plays when he hits the fairway, which he's kind of up and down. But if he's in the fairway with a middle iron or short iron, I mean, like that shot he hit into 15 on Saturday, I think he ended up making that for Eagle, but he hit that to like six feet. I mean, that's like really – incredible shot and he was just he was the only one who got came out of the weather delay and got his ball to the hole on the greens we saw jt make a massive 13 three putting his first putt from the other side of the green got about halfway to the hole it was kind of you know like they were really that rain really slowed down the greens and and hideki seemed to be the only one who adjusted to that or maybe he was off on his speed prior to that and it just it, but that by that after that it was just like the tournament felt over okay we can get a jordan or maybe a xander miracle you know otherwise this thing's you know this thing's in the this thing's pretty well in the bag for decky because you know you would need a norman type of collapse to account for a four stroke was it a four stroke lead going into Sunday? Yeah, I think it was twelve and eight, and that was. And I, I completely agree with you that I think if you looked at the the leaderboard on on Saturday when it was four shots with the guys that were were trailing him, it seemed like it had to be. It couldn't just be the guy coming from behind doing everything and catching Hideki. Given who those guys were, it really had to be Hideki falling apart and. He tried to. Holy sh! In the golf course, the golf course didn't yield that many low numbers. It was no. easy after the rain on Saturday. Decky took advantage. Like those, that was the time to make birdies. So it was going to be hard to go out and shoot five under on Sunday. And there was only, like you said, there's only three, four guys who were close enough to catch him. Maybe, like I said, speed to be at a miracle because I think he teed off at five. But it was just really impressive golf for Hideki, and he earned that cushion and then paid it off with some it was a little bit up and down i guess on sunday in some respects but yeah maybe obviously by the time he made the turn he seemed to kind of settle into the round started hitting some great iron shots and like xander said after the round is like i just never he i think he said he's like a robot like he just never xander was watching decky thinking to himself I'm not affecting this guy whatsoever. And he's right. He was at one point, he was seven back after the bogey bogey double stretch on the front, which was tough to watch. It's almost like, Oh boy, are we going to, we're going to be able to even watch Xander play golf the rest of the day. You know, who's going to be on this telecast <laughs> now? Cause he's not really in the picture. And then good, you know, 
good on him for charging back the way that he did. But he basically said after the round, it never really looked like, and I felt that way watching the broadcast. You were kind of having to reach for scenarios in which Decky wasn't going to pull it out. But I reached for every one of them. I mean, I, I, I had everything sort of everything. With your mind or your wallet as well? Uh, on Sunday, it was the mind. Because um, I, you never, given given how, how young Zalatoris is and his inexperience, you never actually thought, I never thought he was actually going to to win the golf, out. win the golf tournament it would just be i mean that would be one of the the more i mean um memorable masters wins if, if will zalatoris would have won that masters so you never really thought yeah. that was the case but the second that he he started to to struggle i think he missed uh maybe a shorty on eight and struggled kind of right there in the middle of the round and that was kind of right at the same time that Xander had his bogey bogey double stretch, and you just go, shit. Like, what, what? And That's that it. was, and this was all at the same time that Hideki was making uh, a birdie at eight and a birdie on nine to get the to get the lead back to whatever it was at the the back nine. Um, but then, but then Xander puts a little bit of pressure on. What he made four, three straight birdies heading into to sixteen. And then we've talked about it. Um, I'm not sure if it was on air or off air, but that was so Xander, it hurt. I mean, you you almost, he gets himself in all these positions to 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 finally break through, finally, in a way, kind of get the monkey off his back. And then you mentioned it on, we, we were talking on Sunday or Monday, how on God's green earth do you hit it in that water? I mean, you, you in that situation. I just I and I mean, I, and I think I'm putting a lot of it towards adrenaline. I think to hit an eight iron in that situation. I mean, he has to be. I mean, obviously he has to be pretty excited in the in that moment. But you mentioned it. How, how many balls have you seen in that water? Very few. Very even very few. fewer shots that were, you know, relevant. I think it was Josh Perry. I saw tweeted over the weekend. He's like, I can't remember the last time I saw a relevant shot splash on 16. You know, if you're watching anybody in the tournament coming down the stretch, it's just not really a place that you ever see a ball end up. So he did say he missed club, right? <laughs> it sure seems like it. I think your point is a good one that, you know, he thought he could supercharge an eight, right? Yeah. Which and I need you don't blame him, I guess, in that situation. If you're if you are if you're charging in, in a high pressure situation, I'm always gonna want to hit a harder club than try to lay off of something. It, yeah. So yeah, maybe it's hard to calm yourself down in that situation. But I know what you mean. It, it's you know, it all but it's, in a lot of ways, it always unless it's the really like cream of the crap, the guys who really close it out all the time, the the tigers you know, they're really, really elite Hall of Fame type players. Almost everybody else kind of has a bit of a struggle, like those moments where they get close and then fall back. I mean, one obvious example of that is Phil Mickelson. So the thing is, it's a fine line between, or is it, I don't know, between Phil, is this Phil Mickelson trending towards, an, you know, ultimately a, a, a few majors in a Hall of Fame career? Or is this Ricky Fowler missing out on his opportunities, having high finishes and majors, showing great promise, 
but inevitably falling short more often than not. Fowler has a player's. Xander has some premier wins. They're kind of similar in that respect. Now I don't, you never foresee the kind of like drop off that Ricky's had. And I certainly think Ricky will come back because he's a great player, but you just hope for Xander that like, this is a pattern where the ultimate ending is, is a good one where he breaks through several times and becomes a consistent top five, 10 player in the world. So, but Hideki deserves the attention because he's every bit as as talented as, as Xander and any of these other guys. And he just took a little bit longer to pay it off. The amazing thing about Hideki is he's only 29. <laughs> Isn't that crazy to think about? I, I think just the fact that he he um he came on the scene at such a, a young age that you just yeah. you kind of lose track of of these of these guys that have always been there. Never really been like, and obviously Hideki has been a highly ranked player for a long time, but you never, it's not really one of those guys that you think has been around for going on a decade now. Well, he's been a fixture at the top of the world golf rankings and just hasn't had as many breakthrough victories, but it's amazing to think about what the future may hold for him and what this could win this, what this win could mean for him moving forward. Cause he's uh just great ability and potentially you can talk, you know, you're talking about who else has one major guys like Patrick Reed, not dissimilar in age from Hideki. No. Um, Justin Thomas, quite a bit younger than Hideki and probably a brighter future. But, you know, like Hideki, all of a sudden, you know, he wins one or two more of these things over the next half decade. And now you're having to say, just how good is this guy exactly? Like, are we talking about one of the five best players of his era? Because that all of a sudden you get into that conversation. Once you get the second major, once you get the third major, there's only 84 guys. If you, Hideki is now tied for the 84th most major victories in the history of the tour. So getting one is a huge deal. When you get two, you know, and I, I would, if you were a bet, I am a betting man. I would certainly bet that Hideki is more likely that he gets two than he stays at one. Wouldn't you say? Oh, I totally agree. Totally agree. I love that stat. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Did you know that that was uh, Japan's first major champion? I, I can't even begin way to overplayed. Yeah. They, I mean, they didn't, they didn't stop talking about it and I, yeah, and I think it was it was had to do with the fact that it was a four shot lead. They were losing yeah. out on things to latch on to, so they latched and they latched very firmly. <sighs> I, I do I do think that Japan is um, extremely extremely loves 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 golf. My and that's where I, so I'm not I'm not really sure, but just can you imagine playing for a, a whole country? That's where I mean we talk. You talk about we talked about pressure in the drive to putt last week, but the idea of essentially like sleeping on Saturday night and waking up and and playing for like your your country's first Masters, first major champion, um, is pretty pretty cool. I think he's so over that. If I had to guess, is speculation, and I'd love to ask him, and I'd love for him to answer me in English now that. 
Adam Scott and all these other people have come out and said that he speaks English and he doesn't need the interpreter. It's like, Decky, we don't care if your English is broken. Just let it rip, dude. We want to know who you are. He did make comments uh, within the last month or two that um, typically with um, in a non-COVID situation, Japan has um, like a platoon of, of reporters that follow him oh, yeah. around. 24 7 so during COVID times that has not been the case and he he said or the interpreter said he has been loving it so i mean and there's absolutely it is it is and i saw pictures on monday morning of him in the atlanta airport flying commercial to chicago at six getting on the 6 45 a.m flight getting back to chicago assuming assuming flying to tokyo after that with the green jacket slung over his forearm, yeah. no less. Yeah, I mean, what a what a common man. I mean, it was it was very very. Yeah, cool it's to awesome. See. Yeah, but I really think people are like, you know, he's playing for Japan, but he's been doing that since the day he came out. Mm-hmm. Like he was Japan's star. He's he and he is he is the face of golf in Japan. He's been dealing with this since his first trip to Augusta as an amateur with that just killer hairstyle that they showed from those throwback but he looked like oh, a street yeah. fighter it was so <laughs> awesome i was like bring that back decky that's an amazing hairdo but maybe you're right the re- not having quite as the reporters and the following etc sort of freedom up a little bit but i just think he's being able to process that and compartmentalize that at this point of his career where he just understands like you can't do it for you can't do the the big things in life for other people you have to do it you know for yourself so i'm sure he's been able to process that kind of stuff over the course of time. Yeah. Pretty- uh, any other highlights from the week? Oh yeah, I got. I have. A, I have a few more. Uh, nice round by uh, John Rahm on Sunday. I thought for a second if he could have posted. I texted you. I thought if he could have got to eight or nine, that would have made things quite interesting. And he, he was never. I don't think he was ever going to shoot a sixty-four though, was he? He, but he parred eight and thirteen. So I mean to think he shot sixty six while while parring both of those holes. He didn't make a, He also didn't make a single bogey. No, he didn't. He played. He played pretty pretty dang well. It was a great round of golf. Um, what? It's kind of funny. You look at the board at the end, and it's Decky, Salatoris, uh, Jordan, and Xander tied. Rom, and you think, oh yeah, all the big names were there, <laughs> but it never felt that way over the course of the tournament. It was like this is like Decky Xander and Jordan kind of was Zalatoris grinding it out and hanging around. What does uh, what does Justin Thomas need to do in the next like three years for for me to not to think that he's underachieving? How you mentioned that he only has one major. I I must have said three years ago now that after the 2017 PGA. I would have thought by now that Justin Thomas had at least three majors. So I I am not really sure what is going. I think he is, I would still say he is one of the top three players day in and day out on the PGA Tour. I just don't know what happens during the, the majors. Obviously, he has uh, a ton of PGA Tour wins. I think he's at like 14 now maybe. Right, correct, right yeah. around that number. So he, he can he can win, but to well, not he just see won it happen. The players, yes, he just won the players. Which fifth the fifth, biggest fifth tournament major. in golf. Yeah, it's almost like winning a major. Nobody wins the players and the Masters in the same year. I think I said that last week. I think Tiger did it, but the schedule was even different. Mm-hmm. So it just doesn't really 
that's a huge event followed relatively quickly by another huge event. It, it, it's lightning doesn't strike twice that close together very often. And a lot of the breakthroughs at Augusta in particular come in the latter stages of your career. Rory's never won there. DJ just got his first and it was in a November rain soaked Augusta that really favored bombers and sort of set up for him. You know, obviously Brooks was right there. So I really don't worry too, too much. He's so young. Um, He is the next great American player. He is following in DJ's footsteps. He's well on his way to getting himself to number one in the world. He is the best iron player in the world, but I wouldn't get too fired up about the rest of this year because we've got a PGA at Kiowa in May. That's not really a Justin Thomas kind of a course. It's a seaside, windy. He's not really known as being a great wind player. That's not a super, super fit. Now, that's not to say at his best he can win anywhere. It's tough because you want to compare him to Jordan. They're close friends. They're close in age. And Jordan just came out like a bat out of hell when in majors, like it was the easiest, like he was Tiger Woods. And that just doesn't happen very often. So I don't know. What would you set the over under at for total majors in Justin Thomas's career? I, and I'm biased. I, I love Justin Thomas. He is by far my, my favorite golfer on tour. I just, I, I would have said a couple of years ago that he would have been, he would have, um, I would have said probably after the 2017 PGA that he would have comfortably comfortably been third on the list in majors when it was all said and done. Now I like don't necessarily. I mean I think he'll have I think he'll have six or seven when it's all said and done. I would be. Wow. Okay, that's still really high. So you thought he was going to be third? So third total? Yes, I, I had really high hopes for him. Really high. I I I, I mean I, I mean I haven't seen a better golf swing. He's, he has such a pure golf swing. He just make consistently make putts. Hits it so damn close. And yeah, so but you far, can say the, yeah, you can say the same thing about Rory. I, I have that written down too. I don't know what Rory uh, has the best natural swing in golf. Yeah, oh yeah, I agree so, with that. Justin Thomas is a little bit more refined. Probably he's he's a he's a much better iron player, but Rory's a much better driver. So. I would I would set it at five, I think, and I would probably bet the over. I think he can get to six or push at five, and he's really young and he has a long ways to go, provided his his body can hold up and he has gotten a lot stronger. Yeah, the last couple of years he was even thinner for a while there, if you can even imagine that. So, and I really did think for a minute on Saturday before the rain delay. Oh boy, here comes JT. So if Decky falters, probably it's going to be JT who ends up picking this thing up. And then, like I said, he made the eight on 13 after dunking an 80-yarder that he said he chunked oh or hit God. fat into Ray's Creek, which is sort of an inexplicable mistake there given the, the backstop behind that front left pin on 13 where you can kind of bring it back down, which is where it was on Saturday. So you can hit a 90-yard shot there and still have a five-footer. And he left it short, but and then went on to hit a weird – took a, what I thought was a weird drop and hit a really odd pitch that he obviously hit thin and then three-putted on the on the wet, slow green. So that took the wind out of his sails, but he's he's going to be in the mix so often, and 
win so many of these things. I just probably won't be backing him this year. I didn't back him at Augusta either, but I still think he ends up winning more majors than all the contemporaries with the possible exception of Spieth. And that includes Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I mean, that's, that's the cruelest thing about golf. I don't know if we've talked about it, but if you, if you miss a shot in basketball, you missed one shot, you're 0 for one. Yeah, and you go down the floor and then you maybe get another shot and then worst case you're 0 for 2 on the next one. And Justin hits, makes, unfortunately his tee shot kind of compounded having to lay up on the second shot, but he essentially hits one bad shot and it cost him what could have been four shots. And so, and that's just, it's, it's, it is the most damning thing about golf is just how much one mistake can like completely screw things up he went from he I mean, essentially he lost he, i in i would say seven times out of ten justin gets it up and down and makes birdie so you lose you lost five shots he made a bogey on 14 as well you lost you lose five shots and two holes mm-hmm. it's gonna be tough to come back from that so the only way to make up for those mistakes is to make more putts yeah and he's not a great putter so that'll be you don't have to be a great putter to win a lot of majors, but boy, it can cover up a lot of mistakes and that can make a huge difference between, you know, when Brooks won his majors, he was hot with a putter. Jordan is, you know, one of the best putters we've ever seen after Tiger. So Justin doesn't have that element to his game maybe he'll get it at some point. I don't know. We've seen guys improve their putting over the course of time. Um, even though sometimes that requires a change in approach like Webb Simpson, but he's going to win his fair share. No doubt. This was just, this was Decky's time. And I'm happy for Spieth to have had another really good performance and seems to be playing just exceptional golf. And I think the game is in phenomenal shape with all these young guys uh, playing really well. Yeah, what the hell was that with with Greller shaving on Sunday morning? Do you see that? I love Twitter so much. I I mean, I, and I you have to assume that Jordan gave him, Mary told him to do it. No, you what th- you think? You Why? think? Do you think Greller woke up on Sunday morning of the Masters with his guy in like the fifth to last group and just shaved for the first time in years? You think that I happened? Maybe I thought maybe somebody at like the chairman <laughs> or something was like, "Dude, you can't wear that around here." You know, maybe it was like a rule on the grounds: no facial hair. <laughs> I don't think so. I think Max almost <laughs> cat. He has a yeah. Has I think Sergio beard. won with a beard too, but yeah, or a little bit, a little bit of one. All right, what else did you want to hit on besides? Did you want to talk about Zalatoris looking like Gilmore's caddy? <laughs> I saw that getting a lot of traction on Twitter. Um, the only thing I will say about Zalator, I, I mean, he seems he seems very poised and ready for the for the moment. There was no there was no time on Sunday where I really felt like he he totally lost it, which is what you always you always see or you expect maybe more out of those those guys that are making their. Fr- you always you see guys like that on Friday and Saturday or on Thursday and Friday rather that will post a decent round, but always is followed up by something that is pretty damn ugly so to see him still get a, a solo second out of this 
very impressive from where he was. I mean, you, you saw it all weekend where he was a year ago, two years ago, to having no status to he'll have full-time status in the PGA Tour next year is pretty cool. He's just still not a member. How funny is that? Yeah. <laughs> well, did you, did you see that stat that if he, obviously uh, an impossible feat, but if he would have won the Masters and won the RBC this week, he would have been first on the first on the uh, FedEx Cup and first on the Corn Ferry list. Which has yeah. obviously never been done before and will never happen, but incredible. Would, would hasn't, been back, hasn't been back down to Corn Ferry in how long? And he's still, <laughs> I mean, that's really just a meteoric rise, almost unprecedented. It's to, to go from that tour to this tour to play this way without status to, to continue to uh, move your, improve your world golf ranking. I mean, just like, I'm just totally awed. I'm just in awe of the of the kid. Just phenomenal, really. Is it just too- exceptional golf? And there were times over the course of those four days where it really felt like he was playing the best golf in the field. He always wondered, will his putter hold up? He has that interesting approach, similar to Webb, but but not a similar stroke in the sense that his has much more of a of a loop in the back. And he did have a couple costly. I think he three putted nine and. Like you said, he had a good opportunity on eight that he couldn't take advantage of. So this is a bit of a rough stretch there that kind of started to hold him back. And then maybe he may have bogeyed 11 two or something. But really, I mean, I just can't say enough good things about him. I know very little about him other than I know he played at Wake Forest. I know his teammates there have said that he's just a – he was incredible even then. Um, but, yeah, he handled the Gilmore thing really, really well. I mean, just, I, you know, can't say enough nice things about the kid and what a great, just what an, I hope he has an opportunity at some point. He's playing again this week. I hope he, he has to, you know, because of the, the nature of his position, but I don't know when he'll get a second to look back on what he's done, but I sure hope he gets that time and cherishes that and looks back on what he's done and just feels incredible pride because we're all watching him thinking this is, you are just, we are in full amazement at what you are doing right now. Just coming out of absolutely nowhere and proving yourself to at least presently be one of the best golfers in the entire world. Yeah. I, uh, the name is escaping me, but he, he is, he works with, with some, I, I want to call him a mental coach for the lack of a better term, but, he has very much adapted the see ball, hit ball, find ball, hit ball again strategy, oh, really? which Simplifies is, it. I mean, the, I think for, for as much strategy as you see involved with this game of golf, it can, it, in a lot of situations, it will overwhelm, it overwhelms golfers. So to see the simplistic, make things easy, find place, find the place, place to miss, hit it there. If you don't hit it where you want to hit it, get the ball, get it to the ball, see where you need to hit it and go. And for 25 years old, that's, that's so refreshing around. I'm not sure if he's, I think he's right around 25. That's very refreshing to see the golf. Could- on the, on the, yeah, on the mental side, obviously it took incredible fortitude to be able to maintain his position throughout the week on the physical side. I just, he hits the ball flush. He hits it really high. And the biggest thing I took away from the week watching him play is the most I've watched him. Um, he can work the ball both ways all the way through his back. 
I mean, he started working some cuts. I love the middle part of his off the tee. And I'm thinking if he's going to do this now, like this kid has his ball on an absolute string. And the only thing that's going to hold him back is his short game. And he hit a, he's got a little supercharged on nine and hit his, hit that shot long, but you can't be short there. I mean, you're just not, you're not going to play perfectly. And Decky was just a little bit better, but just phenomenal golf. The last thing I will say about uh, Zalator, you wonder, and I, I think this is like the old school golfer in me, but you hate, you almost hate to see a guy at only the age of 25 already like looking for an alternative way to putt. And obviously we saw him, I think he had five, three putts over the week or over the week. So if you, I, and that just shows that he's already, already to the point of, of the, of putting where he is looking for alternatives to, to make more putts. And so I think that might just be the old school of me, but I'd love to see him still, if he was still rolling, just regular standard grip. But I mean, he's already doing what you mentioned, Webb Simpson, Webb Simpson. Well, and Bryson. Yeah. And And Bryson's a young guy. They're not that far apart in age. So I don't know if Zalatoris is seen. That is an incredibly reliable method Mm -hmm. of potting. And we can have a separate conversation about whether or not you should be permitted to pot like that, which I think is a legitimate question. However, when that putter grip is stuck to your left arm, you are putting as a, as a fulcrum. The putter is your left arm. And therefore you can simply point your left finger down at the ground and swing a perfect pendulum around that, that point. So it's maybe just something that younger guys have taken notice of and said, if we're going to be permitted to putt like this, and it's going to take out so much of the variables of putting, which is a two hand meant to be a two handed exercise. um, Maybe we're just going to see more and more guys come up through the ranks and putt like this. Maybe it's not necessarily seeking an alternative to a traditional stroke. It's seeking an advantage over Mm -hmm. the rest of the field. I think they, I think there is advantage. I've had I've had one of those Matt Kuchar esque putters. Um, it was actually the one that Matt Kuchar uses or used to use. And I mean, you you don't you couldn't feel more stable. I mean, if you got used to it, uh, more traditional stroke. So it's definitely something I'm sure the USGA will continue to to look at closely as as more guys adapt it. All right, let's get a quick gambling recap and then move on to RBC. I don't think we're going to have time for our best courses today, but we can push that. We can push that in the next episode because we'll just have we'll have a much quicker RBC recap, obviously, than an Augusta recap. But I mean, I obviously didn't hit any outrights or each way, so I got brutalized in that respect. It was <clears throat> somewhat interesting for me having Spieth in the mix, even though my ticket wasn't that great, it was sixteen to one, and I know people out there at forty and fifty and, and way higher who were and and much more a much higher potential payout and we're probably rooting harder than I was in that sense. Adam Scott was a disappointment for me as was Zach Johnson. I really thought he would play well and the firmer fast stuff would help some of those shorter hitters, which it did to some uh, degree, but not, not him in particular, just didn't hit it great. Um, So I missed on those two finishing positions, but I hit Reed to 
top 20 and Cam Smith and um, who else? Oh, Siwoo. Siwoo, I obviously back, I back my outrights on Siwoo with finishing position. Um, gotta love Siwoo breaking his putter with three holes to go on Friday. That was that was the lead. Awesome guy is just an absolute. He's a national treasure. You have to um, think that was on. Um, obviously, do you think that that was a malicious? Like he was, he wasn't trying to break his putter. I didn't think so. Did you see the video? I did. I I, I thought he maybe it was just a weird angle. I've done that like five hundred times probably. <laughs> If my putter broke, I probably didn't notice it. It's just you have to be careful when you do that stuff because if you use a broken putter, you're gonna get DQ'd. So pretty good putter with his three wood. Yeah. Um yeah, he rolled a couple. What a great, what a phenomenal player. Guy is so good. I'm gonna play him in DraftKings again this week. His ball striking is just it's like hard to believe how good it is. But yeah, tough gambling week on my side. I probably, you know, I definitely had a negative week not huge but like not a ton of fun either so i'm really excited about the heritage yeah i'm uh i'm in a, a very very similar boat to uh to you it was uh overall um not the best week but brian Harmon uh continues to be my my horse in all of this um he won me quite a bit of money at the dell and now uh, i grabbed him at top 40 and he, I'm not sure where he finished, but somewhere in the top 40. And then I, Gary Woodland, just barely sneak into the top 40. I think he finished he 40th. He was sitting there at 41st for a while. Then somebody else fell back uh, to allow for that. And then uh, Louis Oosthuizen, top 30, played played some decent golf. But outside of that, it was not a good week. It was not yeah. a. Did you? Yeah. Well. That's why they give us another one. Yeah. No. Exactly. I. Uh, All right, so. Go ahead. Yeah. So I. Uh, moving. Moving forward to the to the RBC Heritage. Who uh, do you have any? Let's just start with any outrights that you that you see that that you draw your attention based off of history. Play style. Yeah. We're playing. Oh yeah. I mean, first of all, I love the I love this tournament. I love the plaid jacket. I love the golf course. I love Hilton Head. I've played the golf course. It's a phenomenal golf course. Pete Dye, Jack Nicholas co-designed. So it's got kind of like some Pete Dye trickiness some Scottish flair. It's windy. It's seaside. And it actually does have a little bit more variance of holes than people realize with parts of the course opening up, particularly the particularly the 17th and 18th as you get to the very end of the golf course there and you face the ocean um is so tight it's so tight off the tees of maybe the tightest one of the tightest courses they play all year and it's short so it's very different from what we just saw um and i think that will make it really interesting now despite it being a totally different golf course it's close by and as a result we got almost like we got like something in the neighborhood of 35 to 40 golfers that played last week making the trip over here. So the field is exceptional. Uh, Bryson withdrew, but you still have DJ Cantley, Morikawa, Berger, Fleetwood, Zalatoris. Um, I was I was impressed with the list. I was looking at it this morning. 
You really like to, you like to see those guys make Webb that. Simpson, obviously defending yeah. champ. So he he won last year, um, which is interesting in the sense that first of all they shot twenty two under. It was in June. It was the second week back from the delay. So another really really high quality field and played at a slightly different time of year. I think that resulted in the slightly better scores. They don't usually get to twenty two. They usually get to more like the high teens. Um, but what's inter- what was also interesting about Webb's victory was he had broken his victory broke a streak of four first time winners at this event. So you know how sometimes you get those events on the calendar where guys sort of tend to break through. I don't know if that's a result of this having typically a somewhat softer field than it did certainly last June and will again now this <clears throat> this week, or if it's just the nature of the golf course. But as you look at the kind of winners, here's some of the winners here. C.T. Pan, Satoshi Kodaira, Wes Bryan, Brandon Grace, Jim Furyk won here twice, Stuart Sinks won here twice, Brian Gay, Brant Snedeker, Graham McDowell, Matt Kuchar has a terrific record here, including a victory. What do these players have in common? They're short and they're straight. So that is who the golf course sets up for if you're looking at a player type. I mean, Stuart Sink is probably the longest player off that list that I just named. So as a result, you get a pretty mixed – we have a pretty mixed odds board. This week, there are a couple things that jump out right away, which is one that Webb Simpson is the favorite and Dustin Johnson is the second favorite, (laughs) which I don't know if that's consistent across all books. I've seen it twice because i've seen web twice at eight to one and dj at 12 to one i I mean i i love dj at 12 to one dj at 12 to one is a u.s open number we're playing in the rbc heritage now do i realize i just described a player type that isn't wholly dissimilar from dustin johnson yes but he's the most talented player in the field so as a better, the first thing you have to do is decide, am I going to back Dustin Johnson? Obviously, at that short of a number, it'll take a little bit more of a a downstroke, and then it will, of course, shrink your, uh, your betting card because you're putting more share of your budget onto one player. I haven't decided yet if I'm going to bet DJ at 12. I really like the number, so I'm going to think hard about it. I I don't care that he missed the cut last week. I think that actually I like that more. He would never be 12 to 1 if he had missed the cut last week. And his record here, although spotty, he's he's still had a couple top 15s. Like I don't I don't think there's no I'm not, I don't have any doubts that he can fire 17 18 under here over the course of four days if he comes in and says, I don't want to play like I played last week. I'm going to come out and really play well this week and takes it seriously. Um, but the, I did, I have placed three bets that I will, that I knew I would, I wanted regardless of whether I, to, I, I picked DJ, which is Shane Lowry, 50 to one is my value pick of the week. He's a much better player than 50 to one and um i just love the value there in the same way that i love the value on woodland a couple weeks ago and damon before that when he won at 
at Corrales. So I just think that that's a great number. This course is friendly to the Euros. Shane Lowry played fine here last year. Uh, he's His form is relatively good. His game matches up for this kind of a golf course in the sense that he's a really good iron player and a straight hitter. So I don't know for sure that he can make this many birdies. I don't love him in a birdie fest necessarily, but I love the number at 50. Then mm-hmm. the other two guys are Henley at 45, who we haven't seen in a few weeks. And that would uh, make you think, make you forget that he is in great form and that he's one of the leading players this year and every year on tour in proximity, which is so important here with the emphasis on irons and the really small greens. He's definitely a guy who can, if he gets hot with the putter, he's not a great putter, but if he gets hot with the putter, you can, you know, he can, he can go really, really low. So mm-hmm. I don't have any of the worries about him winning a birdie fest like I do about Lowry. So I love that number at 45. And then Scott Piercy is 250 to one. So he's my long shot of the week. As you know, I did, I bet Will Gordon every week. So I have that at 500 to one, but it hardly bears, bears mentioning. Scott Piercy has a terrific record here. He's in plenty good form as far as I'm concerned. I don't really care that he's what kind of form he's in as long as he's not in terrible form because he plays so well here and it's such a good fit for him. Really a great iron player. And again, a guy that if he could get hot with the putter, I could easily see him coming in the top five. So I have an each way on the 250. And is he going to win? I don't know. But that list of players that I just mentioned as – uh, winners here. If I added Scott Piercy to that list, would you really be that surprised? I don't think so. So, um, those are the guys I like for outrights. I like that list. I actually, actually, no, nobody that you read off, I have on, I have listed here. So I might have to steal a couple of those. Um, yeah, I don't. I haven't really thought uh, a ton about outrights. I have a ton of finishing positions, um, but but as you were. As you were talking, um, I did look up one stat I had is uh, I do like JT Poston this week. Uh, I'm not sure if I will do 85 to 1 in the outright, but uh, 2019 he was T6, 2020 he was T8. So he does have a a little bit of history here. Um, I don't think he's, he's, I think he's a Carolina kid right and he, he either lives in like savannah or sea island or maybe jacksonville or something like that so this is his kind of his kind of golf and didn't he he is the tournament that he won the window yeah i couldn't well we may have to conclude a notes section at the end but Confirmed like I, I really like that pick i'm playing him in DraftKings. yeah so i, I want to say he's right around right around plus uh 100 starting at or he's like plus 130 for top 40 and then obviously it gets better and better from there. So that is uh, that is kind yeah, of like my that. my favorite pick of the week. Uh, I do like Harmon to top thirty at plus one hundred. Uh, you mentioned everything everything you just said about player type. Obviously, Brian all five foot five of Brian Harmon fits that player mold to a T. Um, and he has a good record. Yeah, and very, great form. Very that's good. A, that's a really good. That's a really good number. I'm writing that down. Once again, you you also mentioned Euro Euro golfers. Um, Matthew Fitzpatrick is minus one ten to top thirty. Uh, I do like those odds too. Um, I have 
I also have written down, are we back on Siwoo Kim? It certainly seems like we might be, given everything you've said. Uh, so he is sitting, I want to say he was right around even money, too, for top 40. Um, and then even a top 20 is like plus 230, something like that. So that is one that I haven't bet on yet, but uh, definitely interest me. Given uh, given Cam Smith's recent, six, not recent success here, but uh, the last few months uh i have him to top 20 written down i'm not sh- quite sure what those odds are i want to say they're around plus two who's the player cameron smith to top 20 is plus 145 so i think just with his past form i that at least has my attention and then i, I have two more written down obviously i'm probably going to put some on kids just given the fact he's a carolina boy uh, for him to top 40 is minus, or yeah, I think it's minus 110 right now in FanDuel. He did not make the cut at the Masters, but I saw his interview after the round on Thursday. Obviously, the Masters isn't exactly set up perfect for Kevin Kisner, but he said he struck the ball some of the best, some of the best iron play and ball striking he has had uh, in a long time on Thursday. I know he didn't play as great on Friday. I think he ended up missing the cut, but uh, the course does fit him just about perfect. And then finally, I have Dylan Fratelli has has been playing some decent golf over the last month and a half, two months, and I have him to top 40 at um, plus 165. And I believe he has a little bit of history here at this course too. Yeah, you're getting some good numbers. That's on FanDuel, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I see plus 150 for Fratelli. He played well here last year. He's really streaky. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, sometimes those streaky guys are kind of tricky on, on uh, finishing position bets, but I'm going to, I really like your Harmon number to top 30. I think that's great. Cause he's like, he's like 28 to one outright to sort of think that you can get, which is as high, that's as high as you'll ever see him. Yeah. So to think that you can get him to top 30 at plus a hundred, even money is, is, is He's great. You heard me mention Lowry and Piercy for outrights. I will be backing those guys finishing position as well. Lowry's even money to top 30. So I love that. And I'll have a, a, a pretty decent share of my budget on that. I, I I like the Kisner thing too. I think that's good. Scott Piercy is plus 250 to top 40. I think that's a crazy number. I love Piercy here this week. Then the other guy who has a really good history here and is coming in relatively good form and may even get me to to pony up on an outright. He's 50 to one, but I would definitely back him for finishing position is Ian Poulter plus 225 to top 20. And then the other two guys that I think are interesting for finishing positions, Matt Kuchar missed the cut on the number at Augusta. Not too worried about a long course, tough course for him. Uh, played well at Valero, played well at match play. I think he's kind of finding his swing a little bit again. I like him plus 140 to top 30 in this field, and I like Abraham answer to top 20 at plus 150. I like that Abraham answer pick. You, not to go back to the Masters too much, but you see that uh, that controversy after the round on Thursday or Friday. I can't remember what, what day it was. I don't. I, I really, I have to say, I, I, I really strongly disagreed with that rule. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. It goes to show what uh, what a reputation can do to you on the PGA Tour. Imagine if that was Patrick Reed. 
he might have been like exiled. He might have been sent away. Obviously, I don't think Reed has done. He's done this. He he dug a hole in a bunker. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, every I, I think I would say ninety nine out of hundred people are putting no blame on on Abraham at all. Obviously, I think the so do you you don't think the penalty was deserved? I would never have assessed a penalty. I think it was within a reasonable doubt that a player whose eyes are fixed on the ball would not have noticed that he had committed a penalty under those circumstances. The golf is meant to be on your honor. We're not meant to go back on video and overanalyze whether or not somebody touched a few grains of sand or did not. It was abundantly clear. There was no way you could ever suggest that he was attempting to gain an advantage. Oh God, no, no. He just happened to brush a speck of sand on his backswing and did nothing else incorrect. And I, can you say definitively that you've never done that in a bunker? It'd be tough. I don't know if I'm, I'm holding the club pretty close to the sand. I'm just not, I'm clearly not grounding it. I'm not testing the sand. I'm not trying to gain an advantage. I understand that my actions are well within the rules. And I'm sure that's how Abraham felt about how he was proceeding in that bunker. So to see it turn out that way was really, I, I was just so disheartened by that. I just thought, what's the point of that? I thought we had, I thought within the last, Four or five years, they stopped. They they said no longer they're they going to use too. video for rules, so they don't have like they don't have little Tommy on this couch calling into rules violations. And didn't we have an episode a couple of weeks ago where Victor Hovland's was it Victor Hovland? Somebody's mom called in and, and said he didn't move his mark back after somebody asked him to move his coin on the crane. <laughs> like stop it with the t- with the armchair rules officials. I mean, get, it's up to the players in the group. Can you ask Abraham, hey, did you know that you brushed the sand when he gets off the golf course because there's been video of it? Sure, I don't care. But it's up for the players in the group to determine whether or not a penalty has been committed. And if you believe a penalty has been committed, as a playing partner, you are free to call in a rules official and handle it right then and there. But to handle it afterwards and to retroactively assess I just all of it and, and to use video in that process, to me, it's just, it stinks to high heaven. I hate it. Yeah. No, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more. It was tough to see, but I, I think he handled it. Couldn't, couldn't happen to a, to a worse guy. I think, I think he's a tour favorite. So obviously not, not, a, not a great situation, but. I guess that's golf. That's core. Oh, the other thing that I thought I would mention, five out of the last 11 RBC Heritage have gone into a playoff. And only two of the last 10 have been decided by more than a shot. Interesting. I just find that to be a really interesting statistic. Obviously, if you're as deep into this as Hunter and I, you know that you can, that's a frequent prop for a standard PGA event is a margin of victory or a yes or no playoff. So if you can get, I haven't looked at those odds, but if you can get good ones, you know, don't be surprised if we're in a playoff 
on Sunday. And I know we haven't seen one in a while, but given the strength of this field um, and given the history, birdie fest, generally speaking, and the leaderboards are more scrunched at the top than say what we saw last week at Augusta for sure. So don't be surprised if we end up in a playoff on Sunday night. I don't bet props, but they're just, that just happens to be a, <clears throat> I think this tournament isn't somewhat of an outlier in that respect. Can't wait to talk, get to your thoughts on Arcadia next week. Yeah. I'm excited too. I keep, I'm watching like, like a, good old northern michigan golfer that i am you're just watching the weather like a hawk trying to will the weather to be above 50 degrees and we are might be teeing off in where the four it's a four in the first uh first digit of the temperature but that's okay well, it looks like the uh looks like the wind's gonna be down too the first yeah that's good it's the wind and the cold that'll bite you and you want it to warm up by about the fourth hole. You're going to get down closer to the water. But the first hole you tee off, like I said, you drive back the direction that you came, you tee off, face back, play back towards the road, then you play a part three, then you start coming back towards the water. So I am also uh, praying. You got 45 minute buffer there for the temperatures to rise. A little well, we're not teeing off till two, so it looks like the high is kind of. You teeing off at 2 p.m.? Yes. Oh, you're going to have the opposite problem. By the time you get to the last few holes, you're going to be so cold. <laughs> I'm going to have to, I have like the cart, the cart mitts and all of that good stuff. I just need to find it all. Well, um, they do have covers. They, their carts have covers and heaters. I don't know if you'll get, I don't know if they'll be busting those out, but I, I've played there in the forties also. Oh, wow. It's, it's quite a bit more challenging. Yeah. Uh, and I also have my, I told you I have my <laughs> just poor timing on my part with, I mean, I, I obviously didn't pick this tea time. My buddies did. And I, I think I got the tea time first and then got my first COVID vaccine like the next day and they scheduled it for Friday. So I am just like, so that'll give me about a 24 hour, 26 hour period between my shot and standing on the first tee. So fingers. Which vaccine are you getting? Uh, the Pfizer, which I've heard I've heard all good things about the Pfizer. Um, I think you're going to be fine. First shot's not. If it was your second dose, no, it is I my second. It is my. You. It is my second dose. Oh, I'm set. <laughs> I'm setting your over under then at about first time on Arcadia. What's your handicap right now? Uh, probably like a two or three, but playing. No, I would say I'm like a one at Bayview, but then probably like a five or six off property. Especially the springtime. Good lord. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say everything inside the leather is good. You're gonna shoot eighty-four. Well, we'll, we'll uh, let's put uh, let's put twenty bucks on it. We'll make it. Uh, we'll no, report back. I'm not gonna be there. I don't trust you. Oh, uh, you, you, I'm a man of honor, a man of integrity, and I'm a little disappointed that you wouldn't trust me. You're right. I do trust you, but. I said that more for entertainment and comedy. I, I don't think I'm taking the over if I set the over 180. I mean, I think if you're really grinding, you can beat that, even if you've got the needle still stuck in your arm. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I'm excited, though. I, I think uh, I was telling myself, as long as it was in the 40s, I would be 
more than fine. And, and I think this is just like growing up in the golf business and working at golf courses and being around golf. You don't, and we just have the luxury of not paying for much golf. So right. I really want, I mean, I don't want to pay not like a substantial amount of money, but to play in like 40 degree weather. So it needed to be kind of at that high forties, low fifties. And if we're, if we're there, I can make the most of it. I get it. We just went through the same thing with our Wisconsin trip to whistling and Lawsonia trying to pick the right date. And it's all, it's all about the trend. Just you got to clear 40 to 40 degree barrier. And then if you can clear the 50, then you're pretty damn happy. And if you can get past, uh, the aeration stage of the greens, that's also a benefit. You got to watch out for that spring golf, but those things have gotten so much more sophisticated. Oh yeah. It's, it's not even, it's like a day now. I swear. The whole punch thing is like not even a big deal. No, it's like they, all they have to do is this, this, by the time they water the next day, it seems like they are pretty much playable. So it just slows them down for a day basically. Yeah. But I don't think it really affects the role of them as much as what, you would you would think about in the years previous years well it's sweet so next week we'll be able to talk about your experience at arcadia and then we'll talk about since we couldn't get to it today we'll talk about the you know the five quote-unquote best courses we haven't played you know up north the courses that we most want to play that we've never played i'll have to find a fifth course now or a uh, replacement because i think arcadia, yeah. arcadia was on the list but since we didn't get to it this week i will have to find a new one yeah, nice, nice. So, All right, cool. We'll have fun. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy the RBC Heritage. One thing we did forget to mention, Michigan golfers Brian Stewart is in the field for the RBC Heritage. He's 275-1. to 1. And Corn Ferry is back this week. They're actually out in Vegas. Uh, and Joey Garber is teeing it up there, so... Follow us on Twitter if you want to keep up through the tournament over the weekend at Great Lakes Golf. Thanks for listening, everyone. Talk to you soon.